are aware, we are going through the book of, not Matthew, Acts. <laughs> Alright, we are going through the book of Acts in a theme or in a topic that we titled the Gospel in Motion. And today we will continue digging in in chapter, chapter 13. It's a big chapter, but we are not bringing any new uh, thing, uh, so to speak, to you this morning. And I hope that your heart is expectant to see what God has in store for us this morning. So if you recall well, uh, pastor has been laying down uh, and at the end of chapter 12, we'll see uh, that it's a transition, a key transition in the book of Acts. Uh, Luke, that is the author of this, uh, of this book, is now focusing more into the life of Apostle Paul. And we have already seen Apostle Paul in Antioch, the church of Antioch, uh, Antioch in Syria. And from there, they are being sent to other parts of the world. And today, we will continue seeing that from verse 13 to 41 uh, in the book of Acts. So it is a long passage, and because of time, we are not able to read it completely. And uh, I'll be as short as possible in our uh, message this morning. But let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to help us in the delivery of the Word and also in the receiving end of the Word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we want to acknowledge, Lord, that without You we cannot do anything. Our sufficiency, O oh Lord, it's not in us, it's not in our personality, neither in the way we speak, neither in the way, O oh Lord, we are, but our sufficiency, it's in you and in our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Holy Spirit, you are the one that inspired this world, and you are the one that can better communicate this word. So we humbly come and we ask for your help this morning to mean to be concise, direct, and clear in the way I communicate whatever you have entrusted to me for your people and to my brothers and sisters and myself, Lord, to the, for us to be able to receive this word, not as a word of man, but as, a, as your word that is able to save our souls that is able to give us hope and, and trust, O oh Lord, in everything that you have in store for us. Father, we say yes and amen for everything you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. amen. So one thing Vitorina, my wife, uh, she doesn't like much, it's when she cooks, and Brother Pedro is trying to give her more hints as he is eating her food. She hates that. And I believe that for moms as well, it's kind of frustrating when you are there cooking and you serve, 
and your wife or your husband and your children are always complaining, oh, again, this, mommy, oh, this is like this, this is like that. Sometimes it brings a frustration in mom's heart, isn't it? And mainly, when is that food that you are always eating, no? Today you eat pasta, tomorrow pasta, the day after tomorrow pasta. <laughs> then uh, someone will say, oh my goodness, pasta again? Uh, and mommy can be a little bit frustrated with that, isn't it? But the fact is, even in the Bible, we see some people frustrating with just a, a repeated diet. The people of Israel, as you know, when they leave uh, Egypt, they pass through the wilderness for 40 years. And over there, God has reserved for them one simple diet, and you know it was called the manna. Yeah, the manna. We will not read all these verses, but if you see Exodus 16, 4, you will see over there that God is saying that he will give them every day a portion of manna. And in verse 35 of the same chapter, you will see the Bible says that the people of Israel, they ate manna 40 years till they came to a habitable land. They ate manna till they came to the border of the land of so, a simple diet, manna. But of course, as children does or do with their moms at home, the people of Israel also complain about that manna. Numbers chapter 11, verses 4 and 6. The Bible says that the people of Israel, they start weeping and they say, oh, Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we eat in Egypt that cost nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. But now our strength is dry up. And the, there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. I encourage you to keep reading this story in Numbers 11 and see God's response to them. But you see, who were they complaining against? Sometimes it is not, we, it is not only the gift that we receive so, from someone, but we need to put our attention not only in that gift, but also in the giver. Who were giving that manna to the people of Israel? The one that knows the best meal or diet that these people could ever have. So the people of Israel, they complain about the monotony of their diet. Only manna, everyday manna, morning manna, afternoon manna. But what they really wanted was the pleasures of the food of Egypt. They were not satisfied with God and what God had for them. But are we that different from the Israelites today? Are we that different? Mainly when it comes to this word, gospel, 
When you hear this word gospel, you say, oh, there you go again, Pedro. Same old thing, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. But let me tell you, brothers and sisters, that spiritually and even physically, God has only one diet for us to feed on. This is something that God has never gave up, and he will never give up to feed us on, and this is the only diet, the only meal that he is serving us tomorrow, today, yesterday, tomorrow, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And this only meal, this only diet is the gospel. Just as Israel needed manna in the desert, we also need the gospel in our journey to the promised land. And the right attitude towards the manna should help many of the Israelites that perish in the desert to make them enter the promised land. Likewise, for us, likewise for us, the right attitude towards the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ will cause us to endure the desert and for us to make it to our promised land. That is why the gospel is important and relevant, not only yesterday, but is relevant today, and it will be relevant tomorrow. And that is the topic or the theme of our message today. The gospel is relevant. Chapter 13 of the book of Acts, starting from verse 41. As we said before, uh, Paul is now sent to other areas to spread the gospel with his companions, uh, Barnabas and others. But we pick now our story or our narrative from verse 13. That says the word of God. We were reading from verse 13 to verse 15, which is my first point. The gospel continues to progress. Verse 13. Now, Paul and his companions set sail from Pathos and came to Pergamon in Pamphylia. And John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But they went on from Perga and came to Antioch in Pisidia. And on the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and sat down. After the, after the reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of, synag of the synagogue sent a message to them saying, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement to the people, say it. So we see then that has Paul and his companion Barnabas, and here in verse 13, at the end of verse 13, we see also that John went uh, with them. They left Cyprus that we saw last week, and they were, and they went to Perga. The Bible doesn't say much what they did there in Perga. But the only thing Luke chooses to say is that John Mark left them and returned to Jerusalem. Please, note this down, okay? 
pastor will preach chapter 15 and this episode will make more sense to you john left uh, the the uh, paul and his companions and decided to go back so he didn't move on with them in this journey to spread the gospel in another areas so we cannot talk much about that but just take note of that john mark left them and went back to jerusalem luke also didn't choose to say the reason why we don't we don't know okay many people uh, can speculate but the only thing luke is choosing to tell us is that he left the group but then they went on uh, paul and barnabas in and others uh, in the group to Antioch and this Antioch it is a different city with the same name it is not the Antioch where the church that they are coming from sent them okay that is Antioch of in Syria but this is Antioch in uh, uh, Pisidia which is an area uh, closer uh, to the previous Roman uh, city of Galatia okay so that is the province of Galatia Roman province of Galatia so while they are there in the Sabbath because they are Jews they came and they went to a synagogue it's kind of a church okay a place where the Jews will come and uh, praise a God and be taught the word of God and the Bible clearly says that as they came after the reading of God's word they asked Paul if he had a word of encouragement and of course Paul had always a word of encouragement to speak and he stands and starts speaking and this is what we see from verse 16 up to verse 41 it is only Paul speaking there. And this is a message, this is a sermon that Paul was uh, proclaiming in that synagogue. If briefly, if you want just to have uh, the structure of uh, Paul's sermon, you will see that in verse 16, the last part, he is making a simple introduction from verse 17 to 25. Paul is reviewing God's mighty work in and through the uh, nation of Israel. And from verse 26 to 37, Paul is saying that Jesus is the fulfillment of the, the history of Israel. And in conclusion from verse 38 to 41, Paul urges the hearers of that message to accept the invitation of salvation and warns them of the consequences that they might uh, um, have if they reject that. But let us now calmly look to Paul's message, and this leads me to my second point this morning. The gospel begins in the Old Testament. So Paul starts from verse 16, part B, saying, Men of Israel, and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel, verse 17, chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. We will not read everything. You can do that by yourself. But Paul started explaining 
the gospel, proclaiming the gospel by explaining or exposing the history of Israel. And one thing, what he is uh, communicating or telling the history of Israel, he focused mainly in God's act and faithfulness also for Israel. See with me, several times you will see, if you read carefully, it's God doing something for Israel. God shows their fathers, verse 17 over there, yeah? See in your Bible there that verse 18, the Bible says that God is the one that uh, deal with them or were with them in the wilderness. He is the one that destroyed the nations and gave the land to the Israelites. He is the one that gave them good judges, verse, uh, verse 20. He is the one that raised up David. So you will see several times Paul focusing his message in God's faithfulness for Israel. From the time he called Abraham to the time that he raised up David. He covers that story. But the question for us is, how well do you know the story of the Old Testament? Brothers and sisters, if you grew up like me, back in Angola, many people would say that because we belong to the New Testament, the Old Testament has passed away. And the messages will be only in the New Testament. How well do you know the history of Israel? How well do you know the Old Testament? Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, that for us who have a better understanding of who God is, who Christ is, we need to know the Old Testament and the things that in the Old Testament God is teaching us. Why? The gospel that we are preaching right now has started in the Old Testament. That's why we see this similarity. Even Peter or, or Stephen in the message that we have seen before, they always started by what? Telling the history of Israel. And matter of fact, all right, if we go to uh, Luke chapter 24, but before Luke, sorry, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, Paul is telling this to Timothy that all scripture is written out by God and profitable for what? For teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Brothers and sisters, many, many times that we hear this word, where the Bible is saying all scripture, we think that it is the Old and the New Testament. But the fact is that on that time that Paul was telling these words to, Pete, or to Timothy, the New Testament was not written. The scripture that Paul is saying there, that brings salvation to every one of us is the Old Testament. See with me now in Luke, and this is for me to nail this argument about the power of the Old Testament in our lives. 
Luke 24, 27. This is Jesus resurrected, okay? On Sunday resurrected. And he is walking with the disciples in the way of Emmaus. In verse 27, Jesus is telling, after rebuking the disciples for, for their uh, lack of faith, uh, he rebuked them and said this word to the disciples, or Luke says this comment, that beginning with who? Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures what or the things concerning himself. Again, that all scripture there, and the Bible is saying Moses, the law and the prophet, is the Old Testament. And after, when the disciples came, in verse 44, Jesus again repeated these words to them. These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the psalm must be what? Fulfilled. So everything that was concerned of Jesus was concealed in the Old Testament that the New Testament is bringing now into revelation. But for us to understand what is revealed in the New Testament about our Lord Jesus Christ, we must have a good understanding of the things that are in the Old Testament. Amen. Amen. The Bible is a one book. It's not two books is one book and is a one concise history that reveals the work of salvation, the plan of redemption of our Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that with this, you can take out of this mind saying this is the Old Testament. It doesn't speak anymore to our lives today. The gospel begins in the Old Testament. But in here, I would like to encourage all of us to dig in in the history of the Old Testament. We as a church, we have been back and forth, isn't it, uh, to the Old and New Testament. But there is a point that what we do as a church is not enough to give you the meal that you need in your daily life to understand the scriptures. That's why even during the week, we have put in place uh, the home groups where we have Bible studies for us to discuss God's Word and for us to understand what God's words reveal unto us. And again, just a bracket here, I would like to encourage the men for us to start intentionally building one another in this regard. I know that our sisters, they are very intentionally doing that. But we as a man, we must also rise up. You know, the responsibility of teaching God's word was not given to a woman, but was given to a man, Adam. So we as a man, we have the responsibilities to know our Bible well. Let's do that. As a priest of our homes, we have this responsibility to communicate the gospel to our families. 
The Bible says that grace and peace will be multiplied to you only through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. I, I don't know if you already forget, but in the beginning of year, pastor has challenged us to do what? To read the Bible, completely the Bible. Brother Ray did a favor and gave us a spreadsheet for us to keep reading and digging and to know at least the information that is in the Bible. Where are you right now in that process? Are you reading your Bible? If you are not following what was given here, at least do you have your own plan at least to know what is there in your Bible? Brothers and sisters, the gospel that we preach begins in the Old Testament. We need to know that. So, take that courage and that decision to read God's word from Genesis to Revelation. My third point this morning, the gospel is relevant to you. So after Paul presented the history of Israel to the people that were in the synagogue, the men of Israel, or Jews, and those that fear God, meaning people that converted to the God of Israel, he says in verse 23 that every promise that God had has been fulfilled in our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 23, the Bible says this. Of this man of spring, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Everything that God has said to the patriarchs, every promise to David, and every word that he gave to the prophets has been now fulfilled in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, the people that heard the gospel, the people that heard the message of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul says, mainly the one in Jerusalem, over there in verse 27, he says like this, for those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him, nor understand the utterance of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled, oh sorry, every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. Let me say that as Jesus was being proclaimed when he came, because people would not understand the prophecies of the Old Testament. Because the people that were listening the word in the synagogue, they didn't really go deeper to understand what is being told. And this is a danger for today's generation. The place where people are supposed to know what the Bible says about Jesus is the church, isn't it? But if we cut 
And just taking the example of JD gear, if we'll cut or really spremer uh, in English, uh, like squeeze you like a, a, a sponge saturated with water, in every one of us it should be dripping only God's word, God's word, God's word. But if we try to do that in today's church, we will see people lacking that abundance of God's word in their heart. But see, because these people, they didn't really understand what was written about Jesus, what happened with them? They missed. They didn't recognize. They didn't acknowledge our Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, God's word will give you the ability and the enablement for you to know our Lord Jesus Christ. And this knowledge will surpass only head knowledge, as Pastor prayed. It is a relationship that you will have with our Lord Jesus Christ. And guess what? This is what God is looking. God is looking for a personal relationship with you, with me. Remember that Jesus Christ in Matthew, he said that, like in the last day, many will say, God, we teach your word. Many will say, God, I have said every Friday or every Saturday, you like church. How do you know, how do you say that you don't know me? That day, God will say, please, apart from me, you that are workers of iniquity, I don't know you. Brothers and sisters, the knowledge of God's word will give you a platform for you to know Jesus as he really is. You cannot know Jesus apart from his word. It is impossible. It is completely impossible. And if you don't want to miss him and what he is doing, because he is at work preparing us for the day of his return. In the same way in the Old Testament, the prophets were preaching, Jesus is coming, the Messiah is coming. Today we are saying the same thing. Jesus is coming. Church, Jesus is coming. But if you don't have God's word in your heart, you can miss him. You can miss him. This is what Paul now is proclaiming. And the, 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 the very fact that God has resurrected or has brought Jesus from the dead is the assurance of the gospel that he was preaching. The very fact that Jesus is resurrected from the dead is the fact or is the assurance for the power of God's word in the mouth of Apostle Paul. Because these people that didn't recognize him, the Bible says that in verse 28, that they didn't find guilt on him, but they asked Pilate to execute him. 
but he didn't stop there. Verse 30, but God raised him from the dead. And Jesus appeared for or to many. And the fact that Jesus is resurrected and it's coming, it's also our uh, enablement for us to still proclaiming the same food that God has for me and for you until he comes and even into eternity, which is the gospel. Brothers and sisters, when we come together, there is only one thing that we are proclaiming, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, if you read with me now from verse 38, the Bible says the following. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Now the warning, verse 14. Beware therefore, lest what is said in the prophet should come about. And then he quotes Habakkuk 1.5, saying, Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish, for I'm doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe, even if one tells it to you. Brothers and sisters, every time we stand here, we proclaim the gospel. And in the same way Paul is offering the forgiveness of sin that the gospel brings, we are also offering to you right now the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ with the forgiveness of sin if you are here and you don't know him personally. Come to Jesus and accept what the gospel is bringing to you, what God is bringing to you this morning. Because if you reject, the Bible says that we will perish. If you remember the scripture reading, the Bible said, come and kiss the, the king. Come and kiss the king. Bow down to our Lord Jesus Christ. The certainty of your salvation is only in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the gospel that we are preaching right now. I need to end. I started the message of today telling you that Israel was also, what? Complaining about manna, manna, everyday manna, everyday manna. And Jesus Christ, when he came, he gave some thought about that manna in John 6, and we will end there. This will be a long reading, but please, just follow that up and see what is uh, the manna that they were refusing? John 6, from verse 30 to 38. For the bread of God, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They say to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. 
Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I say to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. Verse 45. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that no one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that come down, came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread that the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Brothers and sisters, Jesus, the Christ, is the gospel that we proclaim. He is the bread that you and me, we must feed on. He is the relevant person in our lives that you and me must make time to know him in and through his word. Jesus, the Christ, is the gospel we proclaim. Let's pray. Father, thank you for preserving your word for us. Indeed, you are the bread that came down from heaven. And as you promised, Lord, I pray that each individual in this place, we will all have that desire to know you in and through your word. Father, when we come to you, I pray that we will leave aside all our man-made doctrines and we will be open to see you in your word 
as you are revealing that to ourselves. And as we do that, Lord, I pray, Father, that uh, you may reveal yourself in the face of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for those that are struggling with their timing, uh, coordinating the day-to-day -day activities, Lord. I pray that you may give grace even to the companies that they work, they work for, Lord, to give us, to give them time, oh Lord, for them to know you in and through your word. I pray for our youth, for our children, Lord, that you will give them the desire to know your word, the desire to know you in and through your word. I pray for New Life Church as a faith family, that we will not proclaim man's main idea, but we will proclaim the gospel. We will proclaim Christ and Him crucified so that, Lord, people will have their personal relationship with you. May you glorify your name in our lives by revealing yourself unto us in and through your word. For your name's sake, for your glory, and for the joy of your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.